Hi, everyone. Welcome to Millennium Live, a digital diary podcast. We sit down with the top C-suite executives and talk all things digital transformation. And joining us today is Joyce Brocaglia, founder and CEO of Alta Associates and the Executive Women's Forum. In an ever-changing cybersecurity landscape, it's important for organizations to focus on the hiring process. That's where Joyce comes in. We sit down to discuss her recruiting strategies, the Executive Women's Forum, and her newest venture for executives looking to become a part of a board called Board Suited. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. So as founder and CEO of the leading uh, executive search firm, Alta Associates, what could you say are some of the areas that are in the most demand and some of the key skills that organizations should be seeking in order to build uh, world-class teams? Well, Alta Associates really is the leading executive search firm that specifically specializes in cybersecurity and some of the transformational technology areas. And those are the areas, quite frankly, that are in great demand right now. Um, So we're very fortunate to have a track record for over 20 years of building um, cybersecurity, IT risk, and and, uh, technology organizations. And um, we've seen tremendous amount of changes in those organizations um, because of the efforts that we've partnered with some of the leading companies in the world to build those world-class teams. And, um, you know, from a skills perspective, um, especially in the cybersecurity world, there's such a, a, a growing demand for cyber experts, and yet the supply really mm. hasn't uh, caught up to the demand. Um, we specialize more on the executive level and, and building their plus ones and, and ones beyond that. And what I can tell you there is that from a skills perspective, um, not only do they look for folks that have technical competence, um, but really the ability to go beyond and truly have business acumen and uh, enable companies to look at cybersecurity you know, as uh, a, a plus value to the corporation itself. Um, and so many of our clients are going through this digital transformation. Um, and being uh, cyber savvy is an advantage. Uh, but things like data analytics and uh, artificial intelligence and really areas that skills are just being developed in um, are incredibly important. So they have to be a little bit open-minded sometimes uh, to the types of folks because it may require them hiring three people to actually get what they want in terms of skill set for any particular job. So the times are changing, the roles are becoming more demanding, and uh, and the people are incredibly interesting. Sure. So it's fun. Everyone's trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so over your 25-year career in recruiting, what are some of the changes that you've seen? I'm sure there have been many changes um, as this role of the CISO is truly evolving. Well, you know, when I began recruiting in cybersecurity, it was way back in 1994, if you can imagine that, when when the profession really became uh, legitimate as a chief information security officer and data security at the time. And back then, um, executives were really sought after for their technology skills. And it was really more relegated as a back office function. And um, it has really grown and expanded to much more of an executive role. So when we look at CISOs, a majority of the CISOs are actually presenting to the board, right? So what does that mean? That means not only do they have to have, you know, the technical chops to be credible to the teams that they they run and support, but they also have to be able to um, explain very difficult technical issues and risks 
in a way that's relevant to the board. So they have to talk about things like business impact. They have to talk about things like financial returns and return on investment. Um, and they have to talk about things like regulatory compliance or privacy issues. And they have to do so on a global scale. So it's really fascinating how the role has developed and how the industry has developed, quite frankly, um, because people think of cybersecurity as being you know, narrow and deeply technical, and quite the opposite is true. It's really vast and it's, it's very impactful and very influential. For, so for those executives that we are now placing in chief information security officer roles, um, they really are not just focusing on the technical skills. Many of our searches, they, they come to Alta and say kind of what got us to here isn't gonna get us to there. So they're looking to bring an executive on board who can in fact elevate that function. Um, and uh, that's where we're seeing the biggest change. So do you think the global shortage of cyber skills in the workplace is making organizations uh, more desirable targets for hacking? What are your thoughts on that? I don't think that's the reason why they're, they're more desirable targets. I think that they're going after personally identifiable information and assets and things like that. But I do believe that not having adequate cybersecurity skills um, certainly does open people up um, uh, from a threat perspective, mm -hmm. as does not having the right security awareness programs. Because in order for um, you know the, a company to really be secure, each person in that, in that security uh, has to have that security mentality, right? They all have to be a security uh, citizen, if you will. Um, and, you know, we talk about people, process, and technology, and I always say there's a reason why people come first. Mm. You know, if you don't have the right people in place, then all of the, the technology and all of the process in the world right. really doesn't matter because your company is as strong as its, its weakest link or its weakest person. Um, so when you talk about hacking, there's always going to be a way to get in. Um, the stronger the company is in terms of the resources they have, uh, then the stronger that the, they are able to put together programs, uh, not only to enable the company from being hacked, um, but also um, really help that company be more competitive in the marketplace. Mm. You know, and that's why when we talk to hiring managers about cybersecurity. Um, and sometimes, you know, if they have a problem in terms of, you know, um, rationalizing the spend on recruiting. Um, and, and they have to recognize at some point in the career, their success is not really dependent on them alone, but the people that surround them, right? Mm -hmm. and, the, and the company's success and their stock price and their reputation and their brand are really tied to how good of a job their security team is doing. Um, so a lot of the people uh, that we work with um, get part of their recruiting budget, not from the old fear, uncertainty, and doubt, mm -hmm. but by saying, these are the things I cannot deliver if I don't have the right people on board. And if I can't deliver these things, these are the business outcomes that I'll have. Kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, and that's why the, the CISOs have to have that business acumen, because even when talking about their hiring needs, they have to be able to substantiate that in terms of what does that mean in business outcome if we're not able to yeah. get those terms. No, that makes a ton of sense. It's so important. <laughs> so another important topic, uh, the Executive Women's Forum, or EWF, is the largest member organization serving influential female executives in the information security, risk management, and privacy industries. You are the founder of this. <laughs> um, so how is the EWF helping women and companies that they work for? Thank you. So I, I founded the EWF 17 years ago, 
Um, and as you said today, you know, we have programs and events for women at every level in their career. So we just launched a millennial program called the Rising Leaders Program. We have a program called Lift, which is a, a remarkably strong mentorship program. And we have a, a, a program for the C-level women um, called the uh, Executive Women's uh, Forum Roundtable. Um, and uh, we do a conference each year. We had 535 of the most remarkable women Amazing. for three days, which <laughs> we do again in, in October. Um, so it has become a valuable resource, not just for the women themselves, but we have about 50 companies that are our corporate benefactors. And they host regional meetings throughout the United States. And that gives both men and women an opportunity to get together, to talk about diversity and inclusion, to give their CIOs, their CISOs, their, their heads of DNI opportunity to stand up on stage be seen as a thought leader in the industry and also as representing, um, you know, the EWF is a way of kind of turbocharging their diversity and inclusion efforts. And, um, you know, so we're certainly interested in, in helping to engage and advance all women in our industries. Um, but we also recognize the importance of bringing men into the conversation and engaging men and engaging companies. Um, so we're very proud of the progress that we've made. Um, we bring about 125 women to Capitol Hill each year. So I feel like, you know, I've been giving women in this industry a voice for over 15 years. And for the past three years, we've been really engaging them with cybersecurity legislation, bringing them to Congress and the Senate. And, uh, and we're in the process of, of working on a bill to help women veterans get into the cybersecurity workforce. Um, we do scholarships. Um, we do a tremendous amount of good uh, for the community, for the industry, and uh, I believe for women in the workforce yeah. everywhere. So it's an awesome organization. And even a few women here at this assembly have said <laughs> they have been, and the networking is just so important, so it's obviously made, making such an impact. Thank That's you. That's great. So another venture you recently started, Board Suited. Um, talk to us about that. Um, you know, how are executives, and especially women, how can they utilize Board Suited um, to enhance their skills and really develop techniques to joining an executive board? Yeah. So as you can imagine, you know, I've had uh, many women from the Executive Women's Forum and men and, men and women from Alta Associates um, relationships come to me and say, you know, Joyce, I, I really want a seat at the table. I want to get on a board. And I kind of tease them and say, well, you know, you want a seat at the table, but you don't really have any table manners. Right? <laughs> you don't understand the board workings. Um, you don't have the business acumen that you need. Or, you know, the, the, the relationships and networks that got you a job as a CIO or a CIO so are not the same network that's going to get you your first board seat. And, you know, the advantage that we have right now is uh, if you're a woman, if you're a CIO, a CTO, if you're a chief data officer, um, corporations are looking to diversify their boards and they're looking also to create digital board members, right? So those digital board members are members that can bring a perspective about transformation, about cybersecurity, um, and that again can relay that in terms of business impact. Um, so what Board Suited is, is it's an e-learning course that basically walks someone through a pathway to their first board seat. So it talks about board structure. It talks about the operations and the inner workings of a board. What are the roles and responsibilities of board members? What is your legal liability of being on a board? 
you know, how do you write your board CV? What does your pitch look like? And on top of the didactive learning, we've got about 20 corporate um, executives and board members that are subject matter experts. So we have an attorney that actually speaks about duty of care and duty of loyalty. Um, we have a venture capitalist that talks about when she has a startup board, what does she look for? We have a compensation expert that talks about can you negotiate your salary on a, on a board or, you know, what can you expect? Um, we have a, a chairperson from um, a, a huge financial services company who chairs the audit committee. So what does an audit committee do? What's it like to be a chair? Um, so the combination of this information tied with tools and assessments to help you along the way, um, there's really nothing like it that exists. There's a lot of programs out there for people that are already on boards. But this program, what we're trying to do, and this aligns really with my mission, right, is to give people an opportunity, women, underrepresented folks, technologists, an opportunity to think about board service early enough on their career that they can course correct, that they can take some ideas and, and, and build more trusted relationships than their incestuous group of people that they typically do, right? And that really will give them an opportunity to do the type of things that take time, right? The networking, the education. You can't, when you're just you know, retired, decide, oh, I want to get on the board if you haven't laid the groundwork. So what this course does is provides kind of a personal roadmap for you to assess where you are, what do I need to do, where are the gaps, and then how do I make myself most recognizable and best positioned for that first board seat? And that is for advisory boards, nonprofit boards, or corporate boards. So you in know, all organizations, in yeah. all industries, in all industries. Mm. Yeah. And we we learned at this assembly that people are very interested in this. They don't know what to do next. So it, it'll right. be interesting to see where this goes. Right. So <laughs> in, in our discussions, we had a room of CIOs and CISOs and we asked them how many are interested in getting on a board. You know, more than half raised their hands because I think whether people are looking at board service for philanthropic reasons because they do want to give back, whether looking at it because they feel that they're a subject matter expert and they want to stay excited and involved in the industry, so they want to be on an advisory board for a product company, or whether they're thinking towards the end of their career, they want to extend that career by being on a corporate board. All of those reasons are great reasons to do board service. So, um, you know, if you go to boardsuited.com, there's a ton of information there. And uh, I think, you know, we offer something that just doesn't exist. Great. So we're thrilled that you came to join us once again out of the Millennium Alliance Assembly. So tell us a little bit about what do you think are the benefits of attending a very small, intimate, C-level program such as ours? Well, you know, I've built a career out of relationships, right? I, I have, own an executive search firm. I run a, a women's organization. It's a community. And I, I think, you know, a basic tenant is, is people will always do business with people they trust. So when you have, you know, an organization like yours that provides an intimate surrounding where people can actually build trusted relationships, right? Where there's, there, you have an opportunity to actually sit and have a real conversation with someone, I think it makes a tremendous difference. Um, so building that one-on-one -on -one relationship, you had a keynote yesterday that talked about people need to talk to each other more, not just text. Um, I think that matters. And I think that providing a safe and trusted venue for people to develop those kind of relationships is probably one of the you know, greatest value adds that, that the Millennium Alliance has. Great. Good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. All right. My pleasure. Thanks for having me here. Thanks for listening and be sure to check out our other interviews exclusively on Digital Diary.